0: Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. The Bible reading today is from Luke chapter 9 and verses 57 to 62. So, Luke chapter 9, the cost of following Jesus. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plough and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Amen. Now, I don't think Jesus would make a very good salesman. Uh, And I definitely don't think he took the module in in marketing and sales at university, and he definitely didn't take the course on how to grow your church at Bible College. Because when these three would-be disciples come to Jesus rather than getting all excited and and closing the deal, uh, he seems so dismissive. And and he seems to make it really, really hard for these three would-be disciples, these three potential followers, uh, to join and become a disciple. Why does he make it so hard for these three guys? Well, they don't seem to really understand what they're asking for. They don't seem to really know what following Jesus is all about. The the, the first guy wants an easy and comfortable life. We read in verse uh, 57 of Luke chapter 9, As they were walking along the road, So Jesus is on the road again. He's making his way down to Jerusalem. And he's got all these crowds following him. And as he's on the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Wow. Total commitment. Not just I will follow you, which was a phrase for I want to be one of your disciples. I want to follow you as my teacher. I want to follow your lifestyle. But I will follow you Wherever you go, total commitment. Now, this is the point you expect Jesus to say, Excellent! Welcome! Here's the form. Just sign up. But rather, Jesus seems to respond with like a, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just just think about that for a moment. Are you sure? (laughs) Do you really know what you're signing up for? Because this won't be an easy and comfortable life. And so Jesus replies in verse 58... Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. So what's that all about? Well, the phrase Son of Man was Jesus' favorite title for himself, and it comes from Daniel chapter 7, where the phrase Son of Man refers to the true king, God's true king, Jesus, who will have power over everyone and who will rule over everyone. And Jesus is on the road to Jerusalem, that's the capital city. That's where the palace is, that's where the king rules from. And so it seems like this would-be disciple thinks Jesus is on his road to Jerusalem to be enthroned as king. And when Jesus walks into Jerusalem and the crowd's there and they're all cheering, I want to be standing right next to him. He's in it for the glory. And and he doesn't really understand what being a follower of Jesus is all about. And and so Jesus is making it very clear to him that, that, look, this is not going to be an easy life. And he tells him this parable about foxes, that that foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And when he says, has no place to lay his head, That's a very graphic depiction of total rejection. Everyone else has a home. A place where they are welcomed and accepted. Even foxes and birds have a home. But the Son of Man will be totally rejected. And so he's effectively saying to this guy, look, I am going to be rejected, I'm going to suffer, I'm going to be crucified. Are you sure you want to follow me? And sometimes we think, uh, you know, following Jesus, I'm all in for following Jesus because I want an easy, comfortable life. And surely if I'm following Jesus, then everything in my life will go well, my, my, my life will be, it will be, will be blessed, uh, my health will be flourishing, my, my career will flourish. Surely if I, I've got God by my side, everything's going to go great. There won't be any problems in my life, everything's going to be sorted, uh, and this will be, this will be awesome. And Jesus is very upfront that this is not going to be an easy and comfortable life. I mean, let's just think about it for a moment. We're following a homeless guy who gets betrayed by a friend and then falsely accused and then crucified. That's who we're following. And so Jesus is completely open and honest that this is not going to be an easy life. It's going to be the best life. It's going to be a very rewarding life. It will lead to eternal life, but it won't be an easy life. It will be costly. Following Jesus is all about dying to self and living for others and for God. By nature, we are very selfish and self-centered and, and we, we, we like our comfort and security. We want our comforts and security. We want a nice, easy life. But Jesus is calling us to something far greater. He's calling us to a more rewarding life a life of following Him, dying to self, dying to comforts, and following His selfless way of life. It's not easy, but ultimately, it's very rewarding. The second guy wants his security and his career. In verse 59, we read, he said to another man, Follow me. So this guy's also on the road with Jesus, but he doesn't volunteer to be a follower. Rather, Jesus invites him to follow him. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Verse 60, Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Okay, so why is Jesus being so mean to this guy? I mean, This guy comes up to him and says, "Jesus, I want to follow you, but you know, first can I just go and bury my dad?" And Jesus is like, "No." But but it's my dad. No, let the dead bury their own dead. Why is Jesus being so mean to this poor guy? Well, we need a bit of cultural background here. When this guy says, uh, you know, let, me, let me bury my father, this, this was a, a traditional idiom about which effectively meant, I'm, I'm going back to stay at home and take care of my parents until they have died. So it's not a case that this, this, his father has just died or, or, or that his father is on his deathbed because if that was the case, he wouldn't be out on the road with Jesus. If his father had just died, he wouldn't be out on the road with Jesus, he would be preparing the funeral, being at the funeral, particularly within that culture. And if his father was on his deathbed within that culture, he definitely wouldn't be out on the road. Culture dictates that he should be at his father's side. So his father hasn't just died, or his father isn't on his deathbed. And so what exactly is he saying? What he's saying, he's saying to Jesus, I want to follow you, but first I want to wait until my parents died. And then in about 10 or 20 years, maybe 30 years time, then I'm all in and I will follow you. And and he uses, this guy and the next guy, they use the same language. But first. I, I will follow you, but first. I'm going to do something else. And so what they're effectively saying, what he's saying to Jesus is, I want to follow you, but in second place. I want you to be in second place in my life. I have something else in first place. I want you to come in at second. So can we make a deal whereby I can follow you, but in second place? What's first place in your life? What was first place in this guy's life? Well, what, what was he really asking for by saying, I want to go back and wait until my parents are dead? What he was asking for within that culture would be to carry on with the family business. You, you, you would work in the family business until your parents had died. Uh, and so he's saying, look, can I, I want to carry on with my family business, I want to advance my career, I want to get everything out of my life, yeah, first. And also with that, it was also about all inheritance. If, if, you, if you stayed, so if they were farmers and you stuck around with the family farm and you worked in the farm, you invested in the farm you would get a big inheritance. That's how it works in that culture. If you stick around, if you stay, if you invest, if you work, you get rewarded, you get the big inheritance. And so what he's saying is, I first want to sort out my career, I first want to advance my career, I first want to make sure my inheritance is all sorted, my pension is sorted. Once I've achieved all the goals in my life, once I've done everything I want to do in my life, I'm all in, I'm following you. Is that what we do? Give our best years to ourself and leave the leftovers for Jesus? Jesus, I'm all in for following you, but just not at the moment. Uh, I just want to finish my studies. Oh, and then I just want to pay off my student loan. Oh, I just want to advance my career. I just want to get my promotion. Oh, I I just want to wait until the kids have left home. Oh, I just want to wait until I've retired. I just want to make sure my pension's secure and I've got everything secure. I just want to wait until I've achieved all the goals in my life and I've done everything I wanted. And once I've done all that, then I'm going to follow you. I I want to follow you, but just not today. Someday, but not today. And Jesus says, no. No. No, it's got to be today. There's a sense of urgency. Jesus says, let the dead bury their own dead. Let those who are spiritually dead look after these worldly things. But you go. There's a sense of urgency. You go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Jesus is effectively saying to this guy, stop wasting your life. Don't waste another day, another week, another year living for yourself. Today is the day to follow me. The third guy wanted divided loyalties. In verse 61, still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first, there it is again, but first, let me go back and say goodbye to my parents. And so he wants to follow Jesus, but first, he wants to say goodbye to his parents, and then in second place, is following Jesus. Now, what's so bad about going and saying goodbye to your parents? Again, we need to understand a bit of the cultural background over here. Uh, this, he isn't asking just to go back to his mom and dad and give them a final kiss on the cheek and say goodbye. No. In, in this culture, saying goodbye was all about asking permission to leave. You would go and say to your parents, with your permission, I'm off to Wherever. And then they would say, may you go in peace. You've got our blessing, you may go. And so what he's saying to Jesus is... I want to follow you, but I first want to go and ask my father because my father's authority is higher than your authority in my life. Loyalty to his father came first. And within that culture, there would have been huge cultural expectation, community expectation and peer pressure to remain loyal to your family first. And Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Jesus basically says, no. No, you can't. You can't have divided loyalties. Jesus is claiming that loyalty to him needs to come first. That loyalty to Jesus takes precedence over all other loyalties. Jesus has to come first. No, there cannot be any divided loyalty. Why can't there be a divided loyalty? Well, that's where Jesus tells this parable. Uh, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. And so the picture over here is of someone plowing, but we shouldn't be thinking of, you know, some guy sitting in an air-conditioned tractor listening to music on his iPod. Uh, no, in those days they would have had an ox or a, a donkey pulling a wooden plow and you would use your left hand to, to steer, to guide the plow. And in your right hand you would have a stick to, to drive the, the ox or the donkey. And so it took... Complete concentration. If you started looking around and looking back, you wouldn't be able to plow in a straight line. You would make a mess of everything and you'd probably break your plow by hitting a rock or something. And so you'd make a mess. You'd make everything worse. And Jesus is saying if you have divided loyalties, you're going to make a mess of everything. You're going to make everything worse. You're going to make your life a mess. You see, we so often start following Jesus. We say, I'm following you, Jesus. I've got my hand to the plow. I'm, I, I, I'm all in for following you. But then we're also concerned about well, what's my family? I want my family's approval. I, I want my, my friends' uh, approval. I, I want culture and society at large's uh, approval. And so we say to Jesus, look, I'm all in. I'm, I'm following you. My hand's to the plow. And then we start saying, well, I'm, I'm not so sure at the moment. My, my family think I've gone crazy. Well, my friends are laughing at me behind their back, behind my back. Uh, you know, I, I just want everyone to like me. I just want to fit in with the cultural norms. And so I, I, I'm not so sure. And then you look down at your life and, and, and you see it's a mess, because you know the rows are going all over the place, nothing's in a straight line, and you've made a complete mess of everything. Why? Because you can't please everyone. You can't please Jesus, and please your parents, and please your friends, and please society at large, because when you put your hand to to the plow, and Jesus is leading you forward, you're going to feel this pressure, this peer pressure, pulling you backwards. Your your old buddies trying to get you to do the stupid things you used to do, your work colleagues trying to get you to cut corners, and do unethical things, and, uh, you know, just... Peer pressure to laugh at inappropriate and offensive jokes that are sexist or or, or racist simply to fit in. Or you're going to have the pressure of society at large just not to be religious. What, you go to church? You're a Christian? You believe that stuff? And and, you're trying to keep your hand on the plow and and, and follow Jesus, but you you start looking around because you're trying to please everyone and, and you just start making a mess of everything. Because you can't please everyone. And Jesus says, you can't be my follower and have divided loyalties. You have to give yourself wholeheartedly. If you want to see a big harvest in your life, if you want your life to count for God, if if you want to live a life of no regrets, And put your hand to the plow and keep your eyes on Jesus. Following Jesus is not easy. It's costly. It's the best life, it's the most rewarding life. It leads to eternal life. But it's not easy, it's costly. And it's not an easy and comfortable life. And you can't first live for yourself and advance your career, make sure you're all secure, and then come follow Jesus. No, Jesus calls you to follow Him first. And you can't have divided loyalties. Jesus has to come first. And I believe God is calling us to... Look at the cost of following Jesus afresh today. Maybe you've got your hand to the plow and you've been plowing, but you're starting to lose a bit of momentum and you're starting to look around and you, 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 you're trying to just make sure everyone likes you and you fit in and, and, and you want to say, Jesus, I want to follow you, but first. I believe God is calling us to say, no, but first. I'm following you, Jesus. So let's put our hand to the plow and keep our eyes on Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these very challenging words. We so often give lip service of having you first in our life, but when we examine our life carefully, we see, we see how so often we, we live in for something else. We're saying, but first. But first this and but first that. And so often we relegate you to number two or three or four on our priority list. Father, won't you forgive us? Maybe just spend a few moments allowing God to speak to you if there's a but first in your life to reveal that to you to show that just reflect on that for a moment and then in the quietness of your heart just ask God to forgive you ask God to pour his love into you afresh his spirit and power so that you can keep your hand on the plow and your eyes on Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you that that you gave us your best. You sent your son, your only son, who died for us, You gave us your all because you love us. And so, Father, this morning we want to offer ourselves to you afresh. We want to serve you wholeheartedly. We want to keep our hand on the plow and our eyes on you. Holy Spirit, won't you empower us and enable us to live for Jesus? We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website, abgavenibaptist.co.uk.